Pelosi is trying to impeach him. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. Oh my God. Oh my God. But, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the beginning of that sentence doesn't really match the end of it, Mr. Senator, sir. That's... I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. John Kennedy, senator from Louisiana, who, uh, who, who, who likes getting attention for funny phrases. Seems like a likable enough guy, but uh, I don't know. Is, is this helping anybody that our politics have gone this direction? It's gone this direction, and it's going to continue to go this direction. You know, I like it's certainly a, going this direction through this presidential election. I like a good insult. I like a good jab. But it sucks to be that dumb. <laughs> From a U.S. senator. Come on. I'm, that's not where we it were. It just lowers the art form. Well, right. It's, that's, it's sad. That's not where we were that many years right. ago. But, but anyway. politics. Yeah. Huh? We're going to talk to David Drucker of the Washington Examiner coming up in a few minutes. Speaking of senators, how many Republican senators could possibly flip on the whole impeachment thing? Because it would take at least 21 for Trump to be removed from office, and nobody seems to think that's possible, but David Drucker is looking into it. So we'll talk All right. What would it take um, to flip them? We'll see. Well, I don't we'll know. We'll ask. Pew Research Center did a study for their marriage and cohabitation in the U.S., report and they ask men and women what you need to do to have a fulfilling life and i found the results uh painful they actually they are actually hurt my feelings hmm. the, the results actually hurt my feelings stable internet connection i'm working on my list right now <laughs> nice i don't mean any disrespect but it must suck to be that dumb sean I'm trying to figure out... That felt disrespectful. <laughs> you know, I'm going to work from the bottom up. I was trying to figure out what's the most the best way to present this so you, you get the full impact of, of where we are as a society. I'll go with uh, men first. To have a fulfilling life. Sexist, by the way. Just, <laughs> just saying. 16% said having children. I would interject immediately that that would be my number one. Uh, I wouldn't have said that before I had children, though. So, and as you get into a more childless society, if you're going to ask people what it takes to be a fulf- have a fulfilling life and they don't have children, you don't know because you don't know. So, right. you're going to get a different answer. Right. But it's uh, the bottom of the list is having children, having a fulfilling life. The bottom of the list of this list, mm. which is pretty amazing. Uh, tied with being married at 16%. Having 16%. Oh, okay. What is it? What's the question again? What uh? What is essential for having a? Fu- what is essential uh, to live a fulfilling life? So you could answer several of these, and only sixteen percent said it's essential. Okay, okay, interesting. Have a lot of money, twenty percent. Having a lot of money ranked above having children. Being in a committed relationship jumps up to twenty six percent. Okay, okay. A bit of a, a survey quirk on this. It was randomly divvied up. Uh, 50-50 on the question being committed relationship versus marriage, right? So okay. half the people were asked that, and half the people were asked the other one, but this isn't a... N- nobody was asked both of those questions. Okay, that's worth knowing. Yeah. So being in a committed relationship is a pretty popular But answer. not even close to the top one, which is the point of this conversation, really. At 57%, remember, having children was 16. At 57%, having a job or career they enjoy. I find that absolutely amazing. Wow. That is not 
what society was very many years ago, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, wow, that's and a the numbers, deep one. The numbers for women are practically as stark, um, slightly different. Having a job or career they enjoy is number one by far at 46% for women. Then being in a committed relationship, having children is slightly higher at 22% than being married at 17. Mm-hmm. But having a career you enjoy is the top by far for both men and women. Wow. And a As an essential life. for having a fulfilling life. Having a children is almost an afterthought. That is an interesting beast that just decides to stop doing what all your genetics are telling you to do. Yeah. What's, what's especially troubling to me is that uh, people see themselves primarily or see happiness primarily in terms of being an economic drone and drones, obviously, a prejudicial term, but an economic actor as opposed to a human actor. Now, I get you don't want to have a miserable job. Every day I go to the hospital and they stick sharp objects into me and then sew me up again to train the surgeons. That's right. I'm a professional pincushion. That's right. It's it. And God, it hurts. It hurts every day. No, I mean, you wouldn't want to have that job, but. Seeing yourself primarily as an economic actor, I don't think is a healthy way to go through life. As opposed to a human who interacts with other humans, finds love, satisfaction, tries to understand your your place in the universe. You want to throw God in there, fine, it's up to you. Well, and then having kids is just a whole other level of of everything. Right. Um, right. I wonder, you know, the old saying was, nobody on their deathbed ever says, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's not true anymore. Maybe people on their deathbed say, well, I'm sure glad I worked as much as I did. Cause I should have gone for vice president. That was the most fulfilling thing I did. I should have put in those 80-hour work weeks. And then they're dead. <laughs> then they're gone, Jack. Uh, yeah, oh, I, wow. thought, I thought I that don't... was pretty interesting. But, you know, I've known people who've had fulfilling lives who did not have children. Well, I, I'm not trying to claim you can't. Right. But uh, I just know for me personally, that is not the way I would uh, describe my life and what I find fulfilling. You know, maybe the most important part of this poll is just asking yourself that question and not, you know, stepping off a hamster wheel for a while, speaking of being economic drones, and just asking yourself that question. (laughs) Which reminds me of our new favorite saying, if you don't know what introspection is, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself. (laughs) Jordan Peterson, uh, maybe you know him, maybe you don't. He, he, he says regularly, everybody has a God. It's just a, it's a different thing for different people. Your God is what you spend most of your time on, thinking about, worrying about, working on. And so your God might be your job or, you know, getting financial success mm. or getting sex or whatever. But you have something that is driving you that, that is your overall, this is what you care about the most. My next meal. <laughs> If we're being honest, a nap. Oh my God, more sleep is my take him a nap. <laughs> I, I, it's, I, do I get to design it? Since it's my God, I mean, can I go with like a six-armed elephant thing, like some Indian uh, uh, gods or demigods or whatever they are? I don't know much about your religion. And I apologize for that. Um, I mean, like old man with a white beard is kind of taken. <laughs> I mean, how about like an old-timey, you know, golden calf god? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. (laughs) My next chance to sleep is my god. That's troubling. (laughs) 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, wow. Uh, mm. So anyway, uh, think about that all Hashtag day long. Hashtag hollow existence. Ponder your life deeply all day long. Why not? Or don't. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. How many Republicans are likely to flip? He's been taking a look at this. This is the whole ball game. I keep hearing it. there's no chance, but I don't know. Maybe he'll have a different report. That's well, and, and to me, the probably the more compelling question is, what would it take to flip those who don't look like they will? It, I'm guessing it would take something very, very dramatic. A DB? Pardon me? Dead body. Oh, boy. That might do it, yes. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's your headline in the Washington Examiner from David Drucker. Quid pro no. Senate Republicans shrugging off Trump impeachment allegations. Are Republican senators coming around to this is a problem? Or are they going to hold firm? And if they are, which all indications are that they will, that, that they're not, they're not going to flip on Trump. Then what are we doing this all for? <laughs> David Drucker is the senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner and joins us now. David, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Good. It's been too long. To what extent uh, do you have an influence on the headlines for your pieces? Do you suggest I mean, them? Can... Do you write them yourself? Is there an editor who does it? Well, I always submit stories with a headline, but I do not have any sort of say over I mean, the final. Right. I, so was I'm Quid Pro in, No your work? No, it was not. Okay. So I, I liked but it. It's catchy. I do like it's it. It's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are you hearing rumblings that some, any Republicans are going to flip or anywhere close to 20 that would actually boot <laughs> Trump out of office? Come on now. He's laughing at you. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean, honestly is his answer. I mean, you're wasting my time for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, David, here's the gotcha question. What do you think it would take to flip those votes? Obviously, well, calls calls for speculation, Your Honor. I mean, you'd need a video of him doing something really awful. <laughs> I don't know. You Use your imagination, but it'd have to be bad. But so within the Not realm of what we've... Not with... just a video of something... Kind of bad. I mean, it would have to be, I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was strangling a puppy on, you know, <laughs> on video. But you're talking about uh, in, in uh, introducing a new element. The stuff that's out there in the public sphere so far, even though they're going to rehash it next week, uh, you know, in public on TV, you don't think is is enough. What I'm saying to you is I think, I think that, look, in all seriousness, I think the better question to ask is, um, what would it take for Republican voters to decide that they were through with Trump. I'm not sure that any of the things that we are learning or are going to learn are going to cause enough Republican voters to want to wash their hands of Trump to therefore influence Republican senators to vote to remove him from office. I mean, to begin with, if you're going to remove a president from office through impeachment, it's a pretty serious thing. I mean, it's going to weigh on them anyway, because even though this is a constitutional remedy that was put there for a reason it is a big deal to you know remove a president 
uh, outside of an election. So you've, you've got that issue. And then the second thing is, you know, they're going to ask themselves whether they think what he did is rises to the level of being removed. And thirdly, you know, they're going to look at the politics of it. And politics, you know, people seem not to like that word, but politics is just, a, you know, a way of saying what do voters think and what do voters want? Mm-hmm. How will voters react if you do something? And, you know, everybody keeps asking what it's going to take for Republicans to, to turn on Trump. And I just say, well, you know, they're not going to turn on Trump until their own voters turn on Trump. And, I mean, I could imagine there are things that could cause Republican voters to turn on Trump. If we, you know, we could get all crazy hypothetical. You know, I mean, the president says he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and still keep the supporters, which is, you know, probably true. Except, I mean, if he shot somebody in cold blood in the head for no other reason than, you know, he was having a bad day and people instance. might you know find that problematic <laughs> <Right>. for instance <laughs> you know if it was a if it was a little old lady or something or a, i mean you know i mean i could go on and on with the hypothetical so you see what i'm saying well, the, what my I've god is, is it, you've already got in choked Senate. out puppies and dead old ladies and it's this <laughs> i know i mean <laughs> look what i've seen with republicans in the senate is they've moved from this is unseemly but you know if there was a quid pro quo that would be a problem too look everybody does a quid pro quo i mean Sure, but that's kind of how foreign policy is conducted. And, you know, what's the big deal here? So there's been a shift. The more evidence that has been presented that the president did something that they definitely believe he should not have done. They definitely would not have done themselves. And they definitely, you know, clearly wouldn't tolerate if it was a Democrat who did it. They've just found ways of re-explaining their position on this. And I think part of that has to do with we have, you know, in fact, I'd say a large part of it, but, but, you know, not entirely, but a large part of it is Republican voters haven't really changed their opinion. And if you look at the president's approval ratings, it's kind of, he's where he's always been. So we've seen impeachment numbers move generally against him. There are more independents and swing voters who at least approve of the inquiry. Uh, There are definitely more voters than before that approve of the idea of impeaching and removing him. Uh, Democrats are, you know, almost entirely on board. And, you know, some polls have shown, you know, some discomfort among Republican voters. But but that's about it in terms of Republican voters. Most of them are with him. His approval rating, you know, depending on the poll you look at, is anywhere from the high 30s, which is bad, to the mid 40s, which is mediocre. Nothing has happened to, to the vote has not dropped out. Well, then and, I can't figure out so what's going gonna... on. So what's the mood in Washington, D.C.? Why do people think this ha- is happening? The, are the Democrats, is this like um, uh, the, the Hail Mary at the end of a game where you just think, oh, maybe something will come so. out of this? Or do they think they're going to chip away well, at him in these public hearings or what? I just I think you need to not necessarily look at this as though, well, clearly that means nothing is coming out. No, there's information out there. A lot of it's pretty damning. It's just impacting public opinion among Republican voters. They don't care, or they're looking past it. But there actually has been some pretty, you know, problematic, troubling information that I can assure you, uh, not that I'm a soothsayer, but if this was a Democratic president that we were finding out behaved the same way, I think the roles would be reversed. At the very least, I know Republicans would have a major problem with it. He's... And what we're finding out the president did is even though the president says, read the transcript, there's nothing wrong, and Democrats, of course, say, read the transcript, everything's wrong, the president asked a foreign head of state to target a political rival, not just any rival that criticizes him, but somebody he could be running against next year. And in fact, this whole episode has not been helpful to Joe Biden's candidacy, generally speaking. 
So in large part, the whole thing is working to some effect. Hmm. And, you know, I just think for Republican voters, they don't care and they don't, at the very least, care enough to want to see Trump removed from office, but they don't really care enough to see him impeached either. So we're talking with and David that, Drucker, and we appreciate you coming on this morning, David. I had to throw in before we run out of time. Uh, you were on Face yeah, the Nation uh, Sunday morning. Congratulations. That's a that's a pretty cool gig to get to be on there in the roundtable. My son, my seven-year-old, noticed your colorful kerchief you had in your suit pocket and really thought that was cool. Yeah, everybody needs something they're good at, so I don't know if I can write a report, but my pocket squares. Oh, man, your suit oh, with it. that colorful kerchief that was the talk of our living room there for about five minutes. Then, then, my, then I accomplished my mission. Mission accomplished. Uh, I tell you what, David Drucker, you're a realist, a, a clear-eyed reporter uh, and commentator. We love talking to you. Thanks for the time. Anytime, guys. Right. And nice, nice pocket score. <laughs> there um, was a video of him strangling a puppy. Yeah, for instance. Uh, yeah, well, so uh, that is why we're just ignoring yeah, yeah, and or exactly. mocking the breathless reportage out of D.C. Um, you know, I found a, I, I came across in my own crazy head the perfect metaphor for why Republican voters are just not changing their minds over this stuff, even though some of it's kind of embarrassing. And you'll have that for I'll us I'll hit next. you with that in a minute. We're out of time. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Bernie Sanders' major statement about controlling the border. We got an update oh, on the yeah. Mexico murders of Americans. And there's a major backlash about Hollywood's plans to bring back a long-dead actor. Coming up. Oh, boy. Bernie is doomed, folks. Stay tuned. Doomed! Trump, Trump said some funny things at the rally last night. So, as always, uh, I really I want to wear out that John Kennedy clip. Not uh, Massachusetts, um, uh, uh, John Kennedy, the Louisiana colorful senator. Do we have it handy? We're still grabbing it. I don't it. mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. Oof! That's a little hurtful. <laughs> wow. Um, Boy, that's some lowbrow politics, man. That's where we are, man. Oh, where we are. How, what's 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 lower than that, though? I mean, throwing your feces like an ape. <laughs> Seriously, I like John Kennedy. I agree with him almost oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, but yeah. that that was just that's just so lowbrow. Well, we'll see how it plays out. But it must suck to be that dumb. Bernie Sanders just made an important announcement. That will affect his campaign. Let's get to the news now with Marsh Phillips. Alberni is now calling for decriminalizing illegal border crossings, backing an idea that further exposes the Democratic presidential primary's deep ideological divide. This gets to what Bill Maher said a couple of weeks ago on his show on HBO. Just stop emphasizing the crazy. Just just do normal stuff and we'll beat Trump. Beautiful example. But of when it. you start talking about free Sex changes for trans inmates and illegals and opening the border to illegals, then you're going to lose. Yeah, that's amazing. That is the perfect example of it. Wow. Well, he's doomed. Doomed. Of course, I thought he was doomed from the beginning. He's an ancient socialist. He'd be lucky if that were a 70-30 issue. Uh, But it's not even that close. Why is he running on that? Do you think this is his way of getting out? And maybe he's saying something so outrageous that... <laughs> no, I think he believes this stuff. 
I'm no, not he does. sure that is cynical and calculated. I no. think he's that nuts. I haven't come across anybody right or left who doesn't think Bernie believes all the stuff he's saying clear to his bones. That's the knock on Elizabeth, that is she's just trying to steal some of his excitement, but she doesn't really believe it. Right. Although, th- this is funny, somebody called Elizabeth Warren's uh, health care plan, uh, a guy named Bill Galtz, and I don't know, said it was the longest su- suicide note in recorded history. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, a, with, again, similar to what Bernie did just did, a list of things that there's no way is majority popular in this country. Right. Yeah. Why are you people doing this? Yeah, observers saying, although there's no consensus, decriminalization could be a tough general election sell for the Democrats. Some you voters think they're saying some voters may disagree with President Trump's hardline policies, but worry about being too lenient. So this uh, this lineup is uh, getting more and more interesting. Yeah, Bernie will never transcend his cult band status. I mean, he's a big cult band. I mean, he's. He's got a couple of, like, borderline hits. He's on college radio all over the place. But he will never be the band of the moment. Um, And, you know, musically speaking, I like those bands better. But politically speaking, forget it. I don't want to hear about Bernie anymore. I don't want to hear about Kamala anymore, for God's sake. Especially because she's in the stage of her campaign over, uh, where she's just saying increasingly desperate and ridiculous stuff to get headlines and attention. We need to focus on the big... Well, I just said I don't want to hear about Bernie anymore. We need to focus on the big four, including Bernie a little bit. Because he can't deny his poll numbers, but he will never get higher than that. Meanwhile, you got Mexican troops now escorting U.S. mourners who are planning to attend the funerals of the victims of a massacre Monday in Sonora. The funerals for the nine victims are going to start today and will continue later this week. About a thousand Americans are flocking to the location for those funerals. I could see this going away in the 24-hour news cycle and Trump mania and the rest of it and not being discussed much ever again. I could also see this being an enormous historic turning point for Mexico, and I don't know which one it's going to be. I'll bet it's the former. It shouldn't be, but I'll bet it is. I'll bet you're right. Yeah, The man who was detained by Mexican authorities in connection with the murders of the uh, American women and children is no longer considered a suspect. Yeah, so, so don't go thinking, well, they caught the guy or a guy. No, they did not. And uh, to Joe's idea that this could just go away, it could go away as a story and never be solved. All those people were yep. just massacred in a gruesome fashion, if oh, you've read the details. Oh, my God. And, uh, and they just never catch the people, or the, even really try to catch the right. people. The Mexican authorities from the top on down want desperately for it to just go away and be forgotten, because they're sure as hell not going to deal with it. Yep. The Sonora State Police arrested the suspect. They say they found him in position, uh, possession rather of rifles and ammo that were similar to those used in the Monday attack, but after further examination, they concluded he had nothing to do with it. So that uh, ends that particular chapter. There's been an immediate backlash after it was announced that iconic late actor James Dean will be appearing in a new film through the use of computer generation. The Rebel Without a Cause actor died at the age of 24 in a 1955 car wreck. 24? Yeah. He will be... Made three movies, I think. Yep. Yeah. He will be seen now in an independent film called Finding Jack about the Vietnam War. He's right here. Over here. Computer-generated images of Dean will use old footage and photos, and then the part will be voiced by another actor. Because there are not enough live actors. 
the great actor shortage of 2019. <laughs> Everybody knows about it. This is not a desperate attempt at a publicity stunt or a dead guy's distant relatives cashing in at all. This is art. Captain America actor Chris Evans among the critics tweeting out, maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple of new John Lennon tunes. The complete lack of understanding here is shameful. The story sounds compelling and troubling. I was reading the brief description. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of, and, and uh, torn from today's headlines, there are all sorts of canine officers, canine, uh, I call them dogs, say canine, <laughs> right. um, that, like the one who just participated in the al-Baghdadi raid, who right. were abandoned in Vietnam when we're pulling out. And some of the dog handlers, one in particular in this movie, right. uh, they, they love their dogs, and they wanted to find their dog, and they wanted to bring their dog home. So that's the plot, uh, which sounds great to me. Uh, you don't need computer-generated old sex symbol dead guys in it, I don't think. Canines, I call them dogs. Trump did that last night. I was watching a little of the speech live. And he said, uh, your auto insurance is the highest it's ever been. Some people call it auto insurance. I call it car insurance. <laughs> I thought that's hilarious. What what is that? I don't know what it is. He's got an odd brain, that guy. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We gotta play the clip of uh, a Trump at the rally last night just doing something that no other politician can do. It's it's one of the reasons he's a favorite to be reelected, according to Republicans and Democrats. Right. Right. Um that among other things on the way. Oh, my metaphor about Trump. For those of you who are Trump haters and, and you think the only reason people continue to support uh, the Tangerine Tornado is racism or stupidity or whatever, you ever known anybody who's like there's a mother-in-law involved in the relationship and she's just been corrosive and didn't approve from the beginning? And she just attacks the husband and attacks the husband. And there's a huge rift with the wife. Now, the wife, at some point, doesn't want to hear a damn word her mom has to say. And if her mom legitimately points out, well, and, and your husband puts work in front of the family, she's not hearing that. Shut up. Go away. I'm staying married. That's a lot of Trump voters' relationship with the media and Democrats. Like, listen, you have thrown every crazy-ass, fictional, imagined sin at the guy. We're aware he's not perfect, but we're not listening. La, 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 la. I think it's just like the corrosive mother-in-law thing. Okay, so the the call with Ukraine was dumb. And he was obsessed with Joe Biden. Fine. La, 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 la. You spent your influence on dumb stuff. Right. Well, Or the boy who cried wolf. That's what I've been saying for a long time. The very same people that cried wolf before, and there was no wolf for crying wolf again. Can we just agree the mother-in-law cried wolf? <laughs> <laughs> but it must suck to be that dumb. Oh, my God. Not helpful. That is not, not bringing the country together, Johnny. <laughs> nope, not really. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How old is your son? How old is that young man there? How old are you? How, how old? Yeah. Eight. 
Let me tell you, he's eight. He knows energy better than Joe Biden's son. Hilarious. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, my oh, God. Fellas. Oh, my God. You know, and he'll probably still do lines like that long after old man Joe drops out, if indeed he does. So odd. <laughs> More on the state of the race uh, coming up a little bit later. Here's where I cue that tape. Ladies and gentlemen, comedian David Spade. Trader Joe's has become so popular, there are now full-time Trader Joe's influencers. Or they're more commonly known, white women that skipped college. (laughs) Wow. What's a Trader Joe's influencer? Wait a minute. I've got to unpack that joke, first of all. That's what what that was, belligerence or racism or sexism or or, or something. I didn't like it. It it was a joke, sir. I didn't. I, I would like to repeat that in serious tones. And then accuse him of something. (laughs) So, apparently, there are enough hardcore Trader Joe's fans, uh, full disclosure, uh, I like Trader Joe's, and my son works for that corporation, um, that they post about what they like at Trader Joe's, or, or, good news, the gluten-free whatever back. Right. And these people have... I've had some muffins from there that just, in my opinion, are inedible, but... Were they gluten-free? I'm, I don't like the gluten-free stuff. Oh, no. No. Give me extra gluten. Please. I, I'm going to go to Costco, get a big jug of gluten, and pour it on other things just to make sure I've got enough gluten. But anyway, <laughs> so there are enough people who are really into Trader Joe's that you've got. Uh, these are, are uh, Twitter accounts. Trader Joe's Obsessed has 150,000 followers. Trader Joe's Kitchen has 215,000, and none of these people are affiliated with the company in any way. Trader Joe's Aficionado has 16,000. Trader Joe's Pro has 31,000. Trader Joe's Insider has 78,000 followers. And the biggest one of all, Trader Joe's List, has nearly a million followers. (laughs) Because they're going to say, have you tried these breadsticks? They're really good? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, earlier this month, the money reported on a couple who makes... And this is... um, this is kind of another example of the cult status. People have got to be into something, I guess, and, and they're into Trader Joe's. Uh, but they mentioned that Money, which uh, is a magazine and now a website, did a report on a couple who makes a significant amount of cash buying Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning at their local store and reselling it on Amazon. Seems odd to me that that business model would exist in the modern world. You think people would just go to Trader Joe's, but... I always feel like I'm being judged when I'm in Trader Joe's. Really? So everybody's looking at me, can tell. They can tell by looking at me I'm not their type. It's Rube all the alert. alert. He drove an SUV. I can tell by looking at him. He's wearing denim on top and on the bottom. There's a guy who doesn't <laughs> clear about climate change right there. You can tell. Over there in aisle three. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Um, I love Trader Joe's. I don't spend much time there because it's inconvenient to my home. But um, there's something special about Trader Joe's that isn't shared by other generic brands. A fun quotient that consumers can't really explain. Hmm. You're missing the fun quotient, Jack. (laughs) Maybe wear denim on just half of you and try again. (laughs) I have some breaking news. Oh, boy. Too much news. I've called for a limit. Two stories per day. That's it. Um, Important breaking news, and I'll get to real news. Uh, Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth have unfollowed each other on Instagram. Oh, boy. 
That was well, uh, they, uh, now it's a, followed now it's each final. other in life. That was just now reported. It's final. That was just reported in the news. Oh boy, <laughs> honest to God. Oh, now here's boy. actual. What does news. Donald Trump think about it? Captured al Baghdadi wife revealed lots of information about ISIS, according to CBS News. Mm. Well, there uh, she is on the screen. On one hand, that's good that we got uh, her alive and are getting information on mm-hmm. her. I've never liked the media playing along with these people on the term wife, though. Agreed. Just because a guy who holds sex slaves refers to them as his wife, you don't have to go along with it. Right. And I, pretend that, oh, this is his wife. Like, there's only one, and they have a, you know, a balanced relationship of some sort. And he didn't just decide, I want you. You're now my animal, either for cooking, cleaning, sex, or whatever. Right. And I will kill you, or beat you, or do whatever I want with you when I'm done with you. Yeah. That doesn't make her his wife. It is a near 100% certainty she is a kidnap and rape victim. Sure. So why refer to her as his wife? Because just, most reporters are stupid and know that. nothing about the world. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. Any chance of... Uh, but it must suck to be that dumb! Yeah, that's... Yeah. There are a lot of 24-year-old nice kids running around America's newsrooms, but they know nothing about nothing. I wanted to bring this back up again. Martin Scorsese wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times. He had made uh, some uh, dismissive comments about your superhero movies. Yes, because they're stupid. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That was, why would I say something that belligerent? And and divisive, we already the, America's already divided. I apologize, my friends. If you enjoy the super the stupid superhero movies, go enjoy them. He's one of the most famous directors uh, on the art side of it that uh, that have ever uh, lived, right? And he's got the new Irishman's out. Can't wait to watch that on Netflix later this month. Yeah, it comes out on Netflix for streaming for everybody uh, later this month. Looks awesome. release in theaters now. Mm. Uh, Awarding-winning film director Martin Scorsese set the internet aflame last month when he said Marvel movies weren't cinema. Tuesday, he penned an op-ed explaining himself, quote, We now have, and I just thought this was interesting, we now have two separate fields. There's worldwide audiovisual entertainment, and there's cinema. They still overlap from time to time, but that's becoming increasingly rare, and I fear that the financial dominance of one is being used to marginalize and even belittle the existence of the other. He's just pointing out which is clearly what is clearly true. Sure. We've got this giant industry now that is most of the movie industry, that is this big, splashy spectacle of noise and, and commercial tie-ins, mm-hmm. and then you have the, 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 the art form of cinema. Mm-hmm. Which is getting smaller and smaller. Right. Yeah, I get it. I, it's a different way of saying, and there are some exceptions to this, but I love music and I hate pop music. Pop music is sucky and I love music. Um, uh, an, an example of that is I just saw an ad for the new The Rock and whatever the other bald guy is. Some sort of Fast and Furious something or other. Oh, the Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but this was an ad for a video game, and I couldn't tell oh, if it was an, I couldn't tell was it if it was an ad for the video game or mm. a, an ad for the movie. It looked to be an ad for both, kind of at the same time. Sure, but it's what Scorsese's talking about. Half a kid's movies exist to sell toys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so, although they're they're often very, very, very good, the kids' movies. Uh huh. Um, and they sell toys. Right. It shouldn't be. Uh... Yeah. One of the things Scorsese said about the Marvel movies, he said they're they're more closely related to theme parks than they are cinema. Yeah, and I, just, there's no crime here or anything no. like that. Nobody's being called bad. It's just it's just a change. It's a different flavor of art that he doesn't particularly like. And he's saying, mm-hmm. hey, the, the stuff that I like to make, the stuff that interests me, is not being made on the big scale that it used to when I was coming up. So nobody's right. going to throw you gazillions of dollars to make the big epic art film. 
Because that's not what people want. Nor nor any meaningful budget whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really the the lamenting of the small budget movie for adults is kind of what he's talking about. I like adult movies. Yeah. Oh, boy. The Pizza Delivery Man. No, not those. Not those (laughs) ones. No, boy. Yeah, I just wish there weren't. uh, I wish we didn't have to go with the French word cinema (laughs) to describe, you know, what he's talking about. Sounds pretentious. Uh, I, I attempt to log a couple of movies, uh, minutes rather, with uh, the Aquaman movie, Positive Sean, the oh, other day. Oh, Aquaman? oh, is that a steaming pile of fish poo? That's yes. oh. One of your swimming uh, superheroes? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's almost indescribably bad. That movie was belly up, if you know what I mean. I do. It, uh, <laughs> the, the dialogue is terrible, and somehow the delivery makes it even worse than it. It's just, it's amazingly bad. Which just makes, it goes to show you that... And probably made $50 million or something. Yeah, I, uh, in China. In China. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Now, come on, China! <laughs> China, look, I realize you're under the thumb of the communists. You Have got, some taste. You got re-education camps. You, you sell, you know, various animals' carcasses there in the front window of your shops. It's, 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 it's a strange land. But you're better than that. Your time is worth more than that. <laughs> Oh, it's God, so think, terrible. You think you come home for a 15-hour day of sewing Nikes or putting batteries in iPhones, and you'd want something more entertaining than Aquaman. The global take, $1.15 billion okay, for Aquaman, there you go. which is seriously excrement. You'd love to make a movie that bad. A billion-dollar movie. I do not like humanity.